This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi wa kafa wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala ibadihi alladhina astafa wa ba'd. All praise is indeed due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless every single one of us, our offspring, our family members, those from amongst our progeny to come up to the day of Qiyamah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless them all and keep them steadfast on this deen. Ameen. Honored ulama, beloved brothers and sisters, dearest listeners. Firstly, we need to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for giving us an opportunity, really, and I'm going to say this because this is how I feel, for giving us an opportunity to experience that recitation of the mataf. When we are right in front of the Kaaba, the sound that we have there, I think we should thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that if you for a moment have to take yourself there, it will make you feel that you are right there. That's what it does to me. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to be thankful for that gift. First and foremost. Secondly, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us forgiveness on this night as well. Just as we made a dua last night. The sequence of the verses of the Quran is a very important topic. As I said yesterday, a lot of the verses are actually interlinked. One is mentioned after the other for reasons. Sometimes there are verses that are clustered together on a specific topic and then the topic changes. That is all for a reason. This evening, mashallah, we would notice certain verses connected to what we read last night. In Surah Al-Baqarah, if you recall last night, we made mention of how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke to us about salah and zakah. And we remember the verse in the opening or at the beginning of Surah Al-Baqarah where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَأَقِيمُوا الصَّلَاةَ وَآتُوا الزَّكَاةَ وَارْكَعُوا مَعَ الرَّاكِعِينَ Establish your salah and give your zakah. And find yourselves in ruku' with the others who are also in ruku'. So we will notice that these are pillars of Islam. In tonight's verses, there are more pillars of Islam made mention of. As you noticed in the second rak'ah, there was the verse connected to fasting, which is another pillar of Islam. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu kutiba alaykumu siyamu kama kutiba ala alladheena min qablikum la'allakum tattakoon. O you who believe, Fasting has been prescribed upon you in the same way that it was prescribed upon those before you in order that you may achieve taqwa. Look at how taqwa fits into everything. This is another pillar of Islam. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of a lot of the rules and regulations pertaining to fasting in the same surah, the second surah of the Quran. And after making mention of the rules and regulations of fasting, he makes mention of spending as well, very very shortly, in very very brief. And that is one of the reasons of it is because it is much more meritorious for us to be spending in the month of Ramadan. 
the reward is multiplied as we all know. And after that, what is the last pillar of Islam that is remaining? The pillar of Hajj. So you find the verses after that, Allah says, Complete that Hajj and Umrah for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Here we have all the pillars of Islam are already discussed in the second surah of the Qur'an. So if one wants to read just the second surah of the Qur'an, they will know all the pillars of Islam. That is the sequence that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen. After that, as we all know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made mention of many rules and regulations governing the hajj. What to do in Arafah, what to do in Muzdalifah, what should happen, should not happen. If a person is faced with a particular problem, cannot complete the ihram, what should happen. All these rules are mentioned in that cluster of verses. And after that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala begins to answer the questions that were asked primarily by the Jewish community of Medina Munawwara. They had many questions and the reason is they were testing the Prophet ﷺ to see if what he came with was a reality. If what he came with confirmed that which they had. So they began to ask about the crescent, they began to ask about how they should spend and they began to ask so many things. Some of the questions were also by the Muslimin. The Muslims wanted to know certain matters and certain issues and therefore they asked questions and this is why in the Qur'an, I'm sure this evening you heard verses, يَسْأَلُونَكَ عَنِ الْأَهِلَّةِ They are asking you about the crescents. وَيَسْأَلُونَكَ عَنِ الْمَحِيطِ They are asking you about a woman in menstruation. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, يَسْأَلُونَكَ عَنِ الْخَمْرِ وَالْمَيْسِرِ They are asking you about alcohol and gambling and so on. Give them the answers. These type of verses are not there in the Bible. They are not there in the Torah. This is reality. This is actually confirming that these verses are from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The lesson is for all of us. If you take a look at the Bible, you will find verses, but you will never find verses where Isa alayhi salam is being addressed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to say, go and tell the people this and that. Whereas when it comes to the Qur'an, the entire Qur'an was revealed to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam in order for him to convey that message to every single one of us. And he has done so. Sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of these questions. And then he says, Salbani Israila kam min ayatin O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you ask Banu Israel, you ask Banu Israel, how many clear signs we have given them. You will find these in the Torah, in the books that have been given to the Jewish people. You will find how many signs, how many clear verses we sent down to Banu Israel, the children of Yaqub or Jacob, may peace be upon him. And this is obviously because they began to ask questions. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَن يُبَدِّلْ نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا جَاءَتْهُ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ شَدِيدُ الْعِقَابِ If anyone wants to change these signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, after they have come to them, they will indeed face severe punishment. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's punishment is very severe. Then Allah says, 
زين للذين كفروا الحياة الدنيا ويسخرون من الذين آمنوا This describes what is going on even today. Allah says the kuffar, this world has been made beautiful for them as though this is the only thing they are living for is to achieve the best of this world. But they forget of the akhirah. They forget that there is a life after death. They forget that their whole aim and purpose in life is a test from Allah the Creator. The main object is to receive paradise in the life after death. So Allah says, the kuffar, this world has been beautified for them. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, as for the believers, they will be far above the kuffar on the day of qiyamah. وَالَّذِينَ اتَّقَوْا فَوْقَهُمْ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ On the day of qiyamah, you will find who are the true winners. And this verse is for us all. We might not achieve the best and the most beautiful of this world, but definitely if we are to follow the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and understand the tests of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our lives and bear patience in their regard, definitely for us is the life after death, which is the everlasting life. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant that to us. Then after having made mention of the issue of menstruation and the questions that are answered by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because the Jewish people very sadly, they keep their women completely separated in a separate room altogether when they are moving or when they are going through that monthly cycle. Whereas with the Muslimin, different laws have been laid and put in place where we definitely will abstain from sexual activity and being intimate with them. But it does not mean we don't talk to them, we don't eat their food, we make sure that they are in a separate room and so on. This is the mercy that Allah has had on women. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues after that to make mention of other points of mercy upon women. And this is how the women at the time of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa who were living during the period of ignorance, were made to see the reality of the mercy of Islam. In the very opening verses of the Qur'an, in the opening verses of this particular Qur'an, where today it's just the second day, we have already recited verses where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warns the men folk of how to treat their women. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from amongst those who can be just to our women. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from amongst those who can fulfill the rights of our women. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us honor them to the highest degree. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about how divorce should take place in, the, in Islam. And how it is something sacred. It is a last resort. When there is a problem, we don't just utter the words of divorce. And I'm sure every one of us would be knowing. And if we don't, we need to know now that even if you joke about divorce, and the words of divorce are uttered jokingly, they occur. They occur. We should never joke about such matters that are considered sacred in Islam. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about how important it is that we treat them fairly. If you do not want them, divorce them with respect, Allah says. Don't hold them back that they are neither your wives, nor are they the wives of others, nor are they single, that they may go and marry others. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, الطَّلَاقُ مَرَّتَانِ فَإِمْسَاكٌ بِمَعْرُوفٍ أَوْ تَسْرِيحٌ بِإِحْسَانٍ You divorce only twice. You only use two talaqs. 
And this means when a person issues one talaq, if it is a revocable talaq, they still have the option of getting the wife back. If they issue a second one, it is revocable, they still have the option of getting the wife back. The minute they utter the third one, Allah says, that's enough, it's broken, it's over, it's gone. The third time, you have to release them with goodness. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us conscious of our tongues. With us, and very sadly, in the Indo-Pak subcontinent, people think that to divorce your wife, you utter talaq thrice. And that's the way of doing it. Whereas that is wrong. If you say that, it is like using three bullets at once. Why should we lose our lives, all three lives at once, when Allah has had mercy on you? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding. This evening I'm not going to go through every single detail of the issues of divorce and how it should be done. But the idea is to create an interest in the heart and the mind so that we can now go out and learn and make sure we know how serious this matter is and the details of this particular topic of talaq. Then after that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about how it is forbidden for one to hold back his wife not giving her a divorce when he doesn't want to live with her. And I think this happens on many occasions where there are people who are just arrogant. They want their women to suffer for some reason. Only Allah knows. And if that is the case, the woman or the wife has the right to apply for a nullification of that marriage. If the conditions are met, the marriage will be nullified without the involvement of that particular man if he is the culprit and the criminal. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all a deep understanding of Islam and of this deen that has no loopholes. So thereafter Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about how important it is to breastfeed the child. And how important it is, we all would know obviously that there are so many campaigns on the globe now about breastfeeding. And definitely it is a very very stressed in Islam, it is very important. However, when it comes to divorce, people are divorced. Here too, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, the husband should bear the costs of the maintenance of that particular child who is his. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding. Imagine here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is acknowledging the status of women who were not even considered, not even regarded during the period of ignorance at the time of jahiliyyah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all the ability to understand the status of women. And at the same token, may Allah grant the women the ability to understand the level of the men. Ameen. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the issue of iddah. Iddah meaning the waiting period after divorce and the waiting period after a person or after a woman's husband has passed away. There is a waiting period clearly mentioned here. And look at how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made clear rules pertaining to the women folk in Surah Al-Baqarah. In the second surah of, surah of the Qur'an. One of the reasons is because as we open the Qur'an, a, a person who is not a Muslim would like to look into how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or how Islam has dealt with certain matters. These answers are already given to you in Surah Al-Baqarah. If you are moving in sequence, the answers are already there. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us understanding. Allah says, وَالَّذِينَ يُتَوَفَّوْنَ مِنْكُمْ وَيَذَرُونَ أَزْوَاجًا يَتَرَبَّصْنَ بِأَنفُسِهِمْ أَرْبَعَةَ أَشْهُرٍ وَعَشْرًا 
those who have passed away from amongst you and left wives, those wives should hold in the period of Iddah without getting married for a period of four months and ten days. And that we know. And the details of these laws should be found out and should be learnt. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us knowledge. Thereafter, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about how important it is for a widow to get married again. Subhanallah. Imagine, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is speaking about how important it is for a widow to consider remarrying. And this is why Allah says, don't get married to them in the period of iddah, but give them a good word. Tell them something which is good, which is acceptable and so on. Once the iddah is over, you may marry them. And it is encouraged obviously, because Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam himself married several women who were actually widows. And we know about that. He only married one woman, Aisha radiallahu anha, who was a virgin, a bikr. The rest of them were either widows or divorced. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told this to us in the Quran. It is important we realize and we understand this. Thereafter, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the story of Dawood, David and Goliath, Dawood and Jalut. Dawood alayhi salatu wasalam. One of the reasons why this story is mentioned here is also to confirm what appeared in the previous books. In the Old Testament, a similar story is found. And our details are much more accurate. A few days ago, I received an email from a certain person who happened to question the Qur'an. This person was a non-Muslim. And they said, look, why do you consider the Bible of today not authentic? And I answered a few sentences immediately saying, look, when the Christians themselves are debating as to which Bible is the correct Bible, then you cannot come to us. When all the Christians agree on one Bible, come to us, we will consider. Now one might say, how can you say that? That is a question asked in the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, قُلْ إِن كَانَ لِلرَّحْمَانِ وَلَدَ فَأَنَا أَوَّلُ الْعَابِدِينَ Say, if, if you can prove that Allah has a son, I'll be the first one to worship it. But that means you can never prove it. It's impossible. Allah does not have a son. So we will never worship someone saying it's the son of Allah. In the same way, if all of them have to unite, it's impossible for that to happen because we all know there are more than 42 completely different versions of the Bible. Completely different. Whereas when it comes to the Quran, one version. For your information, even the Shias, whom majority of the Muslimin consider not within the fold of Islam, they have the same Quran, though they might interpret it slightly differently. But we have one Quran amongst the Muslimin, amongst those who call themselves Muslims, there is one Quran. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us a deeper understanding, to grant us the ability really to be grateful to Him that we have a book that is uncontaminated, not changed at all. Thereafter, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about a very powerful, powerful verse. One of the most powerful verses in the Quran, Ayatul Kursi. We all know Ayatul Kursi, we are meant to be reading it morning and evening to protect us from shaitan. Very briefly, I must mention the story behind this surah. It is reported in Sahih Bukhari and Sahih Muslim as well that Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu was once put. And let's listen to the story, it's very interesting. 
He was once put to guard some of the wealth of zakah by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And there came a man. And that man tried to tamper with this particular wealth of zakah. And Abu Huraira got hold of him and told him, I'm going to take you to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he begged, he says, look, I'm a poor man. I have got family. I have got this. And you know, I really, it's hard to make ends meet. I'm sorry, I'll never ever do this again. Have mercy on me. Abu Huraira says, okay, you can go. When he went to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked him a question. What happened to the man you caught today? Imagine, ghayb, Allah informed him already. What happened to the man you caught today? He says, well, this is what happened and he related the story. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Kathabak, he lied to you, he will be back tomorrow, you'll see. The following day, the man was back. He tried to tamper again and he was caught once again. And... Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu said, this time I'm going to take you to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and you will be dealt with completely. And he began to say, no, now I'll never come again. I promise you, I'm just a poor man. I was trying my luck here and so on. And I've got family, I've got this and that. And Abu Huraira felt mercy on him and let him go. Second time, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked Abu Huraira, what happened? The story was narrated. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, he's a liar, he's going to come to you tomorrow. So the third day, Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu waited for him. And in his disguise, this man appeared. He tried to tamper with the wealth once again. And Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu now caught him. According to one of the narrations, caught him at his throat, at the shoulders here. And says, right, you are dealt with. Now we are going to the Prophet wasallam. He said, look, 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 leave me. I want to teach you some good words. He said, what are these words? He says, if you release me, I will teach you these good words. So Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu says, okay, let's hear what they are. He said, if you say these words in the morning, or sorry, in the evening before you sleep, when you get to your bed, if you utter a certain verse that I'm about to teach you now, you will be saved from shaitan. Allah will place an angel to protect you throughout the night. So what are these words? He repeated the words of Ayatul Kursi. Allahu la ilaha illa huwal hayyul qayyum. I think we all should go home and read the verse and the meanings of those of that verse. So when Abu Huraira heard the verse, released the man, went back to the Prophet ﷺ and related the story after the Prophet ﷺ asked him what happened. And the Prophet ﷺ answered in a beautiful manner. He says, Sadaqaka wa huwa kathubun. He told you the truth this time, but he's a liar. Don't believe him. Ya Abu Huraira, do you know who that was? He says, no, I don't. He says, that was shaitan himself, Iblis. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all protection. This hadith is authenticated. It is a muttafaq alayhi. It is a, a hadith that is solid. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all solid knowledge. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from those who can read ayatul kursi morning and evening. Even shaitan is admitting that this will save you from me. Subhanallah. So that is the powerful uh, verse that we read this evening. After that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of the story of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. Some other details that are also found in some of the previous books. And after that, Allah makes mention of how to spend in the path of Allah. How when we spend, we must not destroy the reward of our spending by bragging about it by swearing and by bad-mouthing people. Because if we do that, the reward of all the good that we've spent will go to those whom we've wronged. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, when you spend, spend with humbleness, humility. 
We as Muslims are taught that we respect the poor man because it is through his acceptance of our wealth that we are fulfilling one great pillar of Islam. If he wasn't there, how were we going to fulfill the pillar of Islam? Like we respect the masjid because we come here to fulfill our salah, the same way we respect a poor man who is going to accept the zakah. And we should look for a person who is more deserving, a person who is more, who is more upon the religion, because then the wealth that we have given would be used in the right direction. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept our zakah. May He make us from those who can really be humble when we are giving. Thereafter, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about how important it is to write down every dealing of yours. Whether you are dealing with your son or your father or your brother, write it down and have it witnessed. If you haven't done that, you are wrong. You are going against the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ask those who are arbitrators in our midst here. How many problems are connected? Father and son, brothers and so on. Brothers and sisters, solely because the one who passed away didn't write everything down. They say this man was in business for so long with our father, but now... How come he is getting a bigger share and so on? These type of disputes Allah tells us in the Qur'an. Any business deal, any deal whatsoever you would like to do, write it down. We don't want a dispute. Write it down, have it witnessed, make sure. Even if it is your own son, your brother, even if you are the best friend today, who knows tomorrow, you might have a big problem and then there will be a dispute. So if we haven't written down things, we are wrong. Don't think, no, but I get along, it's my own father, my own brother. Go home and write it down. If not today, then inshallah, first thing tomorrow morning. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us protection. After that, we have Surah Al-Imran, which inshallah, we will be going through tomorrow. I just want to mention one dua before I close. A powerful dua mentioned in the opening verses of Surah Al-Imran. And before I say it, we have Surah Al-Baqarah where Allah addresses more the questions of the Jewish people. And in Surah Al-Imran, the family of Imran, Allah is addressing more the questions of the Christian people. Where we come across the story of Isa alayhi salam and his birth to a certain degree and Maryam alayhi salatu wasalam. We will see that inshallah tomorrow. This is a beautiful sequence of the Quranic verses. Allah says, رَبَّنَا لَا تُزِغْ قُلُوبَنَا بَعْدَ إِذْ هَدَيْتَنَا وَهَبْ لَنَا مِنْ لَدُنْكَ رَحْمَةً Oh our Rabb, do not lead us astray. Do not let our hearts go astray. After you've guided us, after the guidance has come to us, and grant us mercy from you, Ya Allah, you are definitely the owner, the giver of all these gifts. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy on all of us until we meet again tomorrow. وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد سبحان الله بحمده سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك نشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت نستغفرك ونتوب إليك